Station. Yes, g'day and welcome back to another episode of the Sheep Station Cup Dynasty Podcast. Joined by my usual suspects. Ewis, how are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, good. good. Didn't really have much funniness out of your letters today. 6G, that's a bit boring. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess I'm just uh, in the future. Don't have time for jokes. Yeah. And uh, and Poida, how are you, mate? Yeah, great, Chris. That's good, mate. It was a uh, highly packed week of fantasy football for us. It was. Yeah, two, two rookie drafts, huh? Some good fun. And a startup, and yeah, it's all happening in the oh, Sheep we, Station Cup. We world. finally finished our startup, yeah. That, was, <laughs> that got a bit eventful towards the end. I mean, everyone was half asleep, I think. Yeah. Half asleep and just picking absolute nuffies. Yeah. <laughs> Dino sang a, um, you know, an Australian sporting chant to Makozzi, and he uh, didn't take too well. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he knew what was going on there. And yeah, uh, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> it was funny though. He was very overreacting. <laughs> but look, live and learn. Live and learn. But uh, yeah, look, been a bit of fun. It's uh, two rookie drafts in kind of two days, so that was, that was good got back into the rookie land so happy day so we're going to break those down today um talk about a bit of news here or there maybe get a listener question in if anyone sends one in, in the next five minutes because we forgot to ask everybody so yeah uh we'll talk about the news what do you reckon straight into it or any any random tidbits you guys want to talk about well we've got um 69 followers on twitter at the moment that's a fucking good number <laughs> yeah, really nice. um, so if we get if we get 620 like seven um like likes followers sorry real quick We'll get to six nine six. So, That's I mean, we don't want to sit anywhere between sixty nine and six nine six for a while. I think, especially Poyta six nines, big fan of the six and the nine being part of our numbers, right? I'm a little bit excited for when we get to three hundred and sixty nine. Oh, even well, that's a halfway point, right? Yeah, um, we can we can rest we there can, for a night and then make the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so look, get amongst it. Tell all your friends. Tell 660 of your friends to come on and get on our Twitter or however many we needed. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep you updated as to, you know, mailbags and Sheeps 3 when it happens next year, etc., yeah. etc. So that's at Championship SS. Yes, thank you. Good plug from you. Good from you. Yeah, just get, the, get it in there, right? That's it. Uh, and then follow us Facebook. Uh, we've got a whopping, I think, 11 followers on that one. So yeah, look, it's a little bit slower, but. Uh, you know what? We'll get there. Uh, what's that on there? Uh, Sheep Station Cup Dynasty Podcast on Facebook. And then Insta, of course, SS Championship. That's that's always going off. Love a bit of the Insta Insta work. It's been good for me, Peter. And Poyter. Throwing up some heavy content, Poyter. Thank you, man. Um, all right. Anything else? Five-star reviews, all that? <laughs> yeah. 25-star reviews or one five-star review? Yes, don't forget. I think 20... Wait. Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. I know. Sorry. It's, it's <laughs> 25 star reviews or one 20 star review, please. That's the one. Yep. Anything else from you, Ewers? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I can nope. talk all, right, all that get, intelligible let's get stuff. <laughs> let's get on to the news then, eh? I wouldn't expect such lag from someone with 6G, Ewers. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be faster. Well, I'm actually talking on, in the next episode, though. So these answers will make <laughs> more <laughs> sense when you Makes get there. Sense. <laughs> all right let's get into it uh the news is uh everyone hates the patriots again that's yes. what it is isn't it the universe yes. has right they've signed itself. cam newton that's it they've, they've signed cam newton unfortunately um for all of those people who who hung on to him for several years uh, congratulations if you're in a one quarterback 10 team league and you for some reason hung on to cam newton <laughs> Uh, congratulations! You'll get to start him for maybe one or two weeks this year. Any thoughts on this one, Ewers? Uh, probably the move that was always going to happen, but everyone had sort of forgotten was possible. Um, yeah, the Patriots really had to get someone, and I think it was just probably a long, drawn-out process while they tried to figure out who they could possibly afford with their very minimal amount of money and. They eventually reached an agreement with Cam, and I think he's got an opportunity to start right away, and I think it should be probably good for um, lots of their players, especially their running backs, just 
not just because sort of Cam's mobile and that whole thing, but just because people are probably going to respect Cam Newton a lot more than they would have um, Jarrett Stidham or anyone like that. So I think it'll be a good um, a good thing for the Patriots winning games just because, yeah, the, the defences all won't come in with so much confidence. And I think that'll be a big change for them. Peter? Yeah, I think it's... um. A classic Patriots move, right? Wait a bit longer, get the guy for real cheap. Um, there's no, I guess, long-term contract, so they've got the flexibility of having him play well for one year and um, maybe Stidham comes up one more year behind a good quarterback. And They've also guess, got a lot um, of cap space next year. Yeah, but if he, if he leaves, yeah, they've got the ability to pay him next year if they if he turns out to be good or they can let him walk and get a, you know, probably a third round. Yeah pick is what they're, they're saying um, but I sort of think it sort of um, as long as Cam Newton plays well it works out well for him in the long run because he's going to hit a, an open market get paid well or decide to you know probably take a Patriots discount and say no at a good organisation that's got a chance to win something but um, I mean it just sort of goes to show like a lot of these teams rushed into decisions with like you know trading for Nick Foles on a massive contract um like the Bears, but sometimes if you you wait it out or I guess play it a bit smarter, there's there's better ways to go than just panicking. Yeah, I was reading something today. It was funny that they were saying that uh, Nick Foles' contract now it's worth you know like twenty four three is twenty four million dollars, and then Cam Newton's on like less than what he was getting paid to play in college, which was his scholarship. So mm-hmm. yes, the, the Patriots strike again with uh, the uh, very minimal contract to a superstar. So. Seems to be that they can get the best out of out of kind of nuffies, and you know Cam Newton's not exactly a nuffie, so you, you can only see it as a positive thing for the the receivers in, uh, well maybe not the receivers, but the running backs and the short area passes in uh, in New England for the next coming year. We'll obviously see how his shoulder goes. So, but look, bit of a shit because you know there's those players for some reason holding them in you know so many leagues, but and now all of a sudden they get to cash in and we miss out. So bugger. Let's try to look on the bright side. This uh, hopefully means that the uh, Patriots win enough games that they don't score themselves a real high draft pick and a, a excellent rookie quarterback. So, yeah, silver lining. Yeah, look, silver lining, that's it. You know, I think they'll be a bit more competitive with, with Cam there. So, yeah, look, we'll see how Stidham goes if he if he learns something this year and then they you know stick with him for next year or even if he competes enough this year that, you know, maybe Cam Newton's a little bit... Uh, a little bit rusty or, you know, his shoulder's a little bit worse than everyone thinks and can't do it. But, yeah, one-year contract, why wouldn't you? I just don't understand why it took so long, to be honest. Why wouldn't you give him a go for a year? I mean, he's the previous MVP of the league. I just didn't, yeah. They probably took longer the than deal. everyone expected and I kind of forgot it was going to happen. So They probably had the deal done for ages and Bill Belichick's just playing mind games with everyone. Just, you know, <laughs> yep, we're going to start him. Yep, yep. And it's probably got nothing to do with whether they wanted Cam or not. It's probably just some other plan to confuse everyone so they start preparing for the Patriots differently or something. I don't know. Give the um, the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins a little bit of hope and then squash them. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be an interesting one for this year. I like yeah, it Josh Allen v Cam Newton is going to be a good matchup. Yeah, it'd be a bit of fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, like mm. be like. Two big yep. dudes running at each other. Going to have to change our projections, though, I think, on the... Uh, projections episode that we did the other week because I think it's probably an upgrade so see how we go anything else we want to say on Cam Newton maybe a buy um, window I, if you want Jarrett Stidham but yeah it's probably a long term play yeah next year kind of thing maybe that's injury yeah. point out anything else no I can't really express it in like you know Cam, Wharton, Cam Newton text verbally um but yeah, good times for our mate Cam Newton. Yeah, look, bit of a lifeline. You, know, you so. know how he types, like gibberish? Yeah, some strange, strange language that he comes up with. Looking forward to seeing uh, Bill Belichick adopt some of his fashion. Yep. That's going to be fun. <laughs> or do you think Bill's going to put any... Um, He'll stamp it out. Restraints on... Yeah, or he's going to change Cam Newton or let Cam Newton be Cam Newton? Oh, I think you got to let him be Cam Newton, don't you? Well, I wonder we... Like, what... It'll be an interesting thing because, like, people say all these things about Bill, but it'll be how he manages someone like Cam Newton will be um, interesting to watch, I think. 
Lions yeah, gonna roar or something like that. Yeah, maybe um, maybe you'll see some fun from him because like you know it's the twilight of Bill's career and he's maybe just embracing the last minutes of like enjoying it. And so maybe he's gonna like, let his hair down a little bit. Yeah. You think. <laughs> Yeah, well, let his let his ball spots down. <laughs> <laughs> I know how he feels. <laughs> All right, let's rip into uh, some some content now instead of just talking shit for the next five minutes. Um, rookie drafts have, have taken place for both Sheeps one and two, and uh, quite interesting stuff here for uh, a couple of these couple of these moves that have been made, and you know some picks that were a little bit uh, left of center, I guess. Um, where do we want to start? Do we want to start in? Uh, we'll start Sheep's one. Start in the in the home league. Yeah, chronological order. Okay. Yes. I'm not going to go one and then forty and then two and then thirty nine. That's what you're thinking. All right. Let's start off with pick one oh one. Like that. Are we are we shocked that he didn't go? Clyde Edwards Alay. Stunned. Oh look, I think. Yeah, there was a, there was a little bit of you you were saying that uh, he might go Taylor, which is what the pick was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you said it was, a couple of times, I think you was. Yeah, I did. I don't I don't really know what what it was about it, but probably a sort of personal thing rather than a football thing. So just a, a hunch I had, um, but yeah, all all the better for me, I guess, because. Um, trying to win now and I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is probably a bit more suited to that so that's good um, I think it's it's a pretty interesting conversation between the two because they're both obviously good players and sort of pre-draft everyone's you know Jonathan Taylor he's the best thing since sliced bread he's, he's the RB1 no matter what and I think a lot of people stuck with that. So that's why you do see him still go over Clyde edwards there. And I think um, CEH saw almost the opposite, where a lot of people were, you know, not really on him. And then just right before the draft, he started to climb up a little bit. And then as soon as he got drafted, everyone, it's like they forgot where they had him before that. And all of a sudden, he's the best running back in the class. And he always was. And now I've gone back and looked at his film and he's the best clearly and all that kind of stuff so I, I found that quite interesting but I had a bit of a look through today at um, how the teams use their running backs the Colts versus the Chiefs and it was pretty interesting um, I probably expected the um, Chiefs to be a lot more successful in the run game as well but it, I actually found that the Colts um, have produced more yards from their running backs for the last two years pretty um, pretty easily and more carries as well by a, a pretty significant margin. Um, but I think where you really saw the difference is in the passing game. Um, if you have a look at sort of where the targets are going more than the total number of targets to the running back, you pretty much find that you look through the Colts and Hines just catches almost all of the passes like in 2018 he had 80 catches uh, 80 targets and i think what 2019 he had something around 60 58 i think it was which is um just miles ahead of marlon mack who had like oh geez i'm just trying to big it up 17 targets last year so i think that's probably the um the, the sweetener for me for Clyde edwards Hilaire is that the Chiefs, they pass to their starting running back, not to their... They don't have sort of these delineated roles. They get their running backs in and they expect them all to play a complete back role. They don't want to sort of telegraph what they're going to do. And you can see it in the, um, the touchdown totals where Kareem Hunt in 2018 was his big year. Um, he actually scored seven touchdowns that year in the passing game. And uh, that's more than the Colts have scored in the last three years total for all their running backs, which is just wild. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the value in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over um, your Jonathan Taylor. But, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, I think he's a great runner and he's now behind a great line that's produced a lot of rushing yards. So if he can start to ramp up their rushing touchdowns, I think he can keep up even without that that receiving game work yeah that's that's pretty interesting because you know 
I don't know what it is about the Chiefs with their their running. If it, how much do you know how much less on the ground they get per say per carry or per game or anything like that, or is it just a miles less than the Colts? Oh, it wasn't. It was just across the whole year. They're actually a lot more efficient with their um mm. their carries. So even though say they might have close to a hundred less carries um one year, they they're not that far behind in rushing yards. Maybe only twenty. 30 rushing yards. I did do a lot of this and then just managed to leave it at home, which is all kinds of fun. <laughs> yeah, look, we know that Marlon Mack's obviously not the best in, in terms of catching the ball, um, which probably sways that a little bit. I mean, yeah, if, what was it, 14 targets or something like that? That's pretty average. Yeah, 17 um, targets, 14 catches last year. 17 targets, 14 receptions, 82 yards. But yeah, look, the, the Chiefs have always kind of shown that they'll throw to the, the backfield. Like Kareem Hunt, his first game, comes out against the Patriots and, you know, scores an absolute bomb out of the backfield. So, yeah, interesting. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Dino went with uh, with Taylor. I mean, I think he was trying to zig when everyone was saying that he was going to zag. Um, everyone's saying that he's going Clyde over to Lair and he just wanted to maybe, you know, throw a curveball out there and he takes Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think uh, Clyde over to Lair was the pick. And uh, Sheep's too. That's who I took 101 in the Superflex draft. So, that's how much I like him, um, and it was my first share of him, which kind of um, made me go there as well. Pete, any surprise for you, mate, about, uh, about this one? I think um, if you look at it from those, the difference of those two leagues, one has the full point per reception, whereas Sheep's one's only half. Perhaps maybe Jonathan Taylor's a little bit more valuable in that format. Um, 100%. Just because, you know, or maybe it's more that Clyde's a bit more valuable in the in the latter. But... um. I mean, maybe we thought, maybe he thought we were talking him into something that wasn't the right pick, and we really all thought Taylor was there. Which, um, <laughs> I mean, I can't say that. I, I, I find the um, the Jonathan. I find Jonathan Taylor to be something that has a bit more everything solid around him. Um, Clyde might not be the workhorse. Like Damian Williams is still there. Is he just going to be a pass catching back with a bit of you know upside, like a Kamara type or? Um, Where's his Where's his ceiling? What can he be? Is he going to be involved year one? Are they going to like Damian Williams catches passes pretty well? Um, is he just a backup plan for when Williams is injured and a transition over? Like I think that was my concern with him um, at taking him one hundred one over the you know more pure runner um, in Dynasty. So I can see like it was pretty close to fifty fifty for me, and I I wouldn't raise too much crap on Dean for taking him. Um, Got to stick to your guns here, but. Um, I mean, in terms of what everyone thought, it probably was the other way around. Yeah, one thing I'll say about the, the Taylor pick, you know, and everyone saying, you know, he doesn't catch the ball as much. There was definitely an improvement in his last year at college as well. He went from eight receptions for the first couple of years of his college career up to 26 with five touchdowns in there. So maybe the the thought that, you know, he'll be included in the pass-catching game, as well as, like, you know, Naheem Hines will be there getting the ball out of the backfield. Maybe it'll be not as much of a third down. Naheem Hines is going to come on and, and catch the ball. Maybe, just maybe, um, Taylor might get a few of those targets as well. Split it up. Try and be a bit more deceptive because, you know, when you saw Marlon Mack on the, on the field, you know, okay, well, he's not going to catch the ball. We don't have to worry about him. Whereas, you know, Taylor's got a little bit of silkier hands, I guess, um, just watching some of his college tape and then some of the stuff from out of the... Um, the combine as well so maybe that's something that uh we could say about taylor this year that maybe his pass catching will kind of stay around that mark you know 26 receptions isn't huge but it's definitely better than marlon max uh 14 with zero touchdowns well i mean he got 26 last year um in 2018 sorry when he when he did a little better um in the passing game he had 26 targets um for an nfl running back that's just as bad so if taylor's doing more than that in college then he's obviously a better a more capable pass catcher than mac is yeah so we'll see what happens there it seems as though he definitely is a bit better um but in saying that you've got Hines there as well who's an excellent pass catcher out of the backfield so why wouldn't you use him as well so it's going to be a bit competition there for targets out of the backfield but yeah look i suppose you can't blame him i mean he's a bloody good player he's an absolute unit so why wouldn't you take him but um yeah, you must have been happy taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire at number two there. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I was pretty ready to get Taylor, and I was definitely not disappointed about that either. So I think it was 
it's a pretty strong tier at the top and much of a much look I, it, the decision's made easy for me because I don't have to make the decision so <laughs> All right, let's uh, move through this first round a little bit quicker. Um, Wizman92, uh, Gregory, didn't take 45 minutes to make this pick, which was uh, definitely sped up the rest of the draft. Uh, he took DeAndre Swift at number three. Um, I think majority or partially the reason being that um, he's got carry on as well. Uh, so, you know, he's kind of getting both or all of the, the Lions backfield. So I assume that's partially or mostly why he made that decision. Um, and of course he's getting a, a pretty bloody good player in Swift as well. So, uh, any thoughts on this one, Pete? We'll start with you. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm a bit out on this pick. No reason. No reason. Just don't like it. Yeah. Sorry. My computer just closed. Um, which pick were you talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> the swift pick from Greg oh, yeah. 3 I mean yeah, my reasoning being um, this was uh, I think he went for the the backup for um, carry on a bit here but I mean <laughs> still an echo in here <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes play on continue echo um, no but I, I mean he probably it's not that big of a reach really but I think getting Dobbins um would have been probably the thing that I would have gone for there for him. Um, I just think Swift probably falls a bit later in terms of value at the moment. Um, and you don't want to, I guess, trade up to 103, uh, selling DJ Moore to sort of pick up a bit of a handcuff um, at the moment, like a high upside guy at least. But um, I guess potentially for me, unless you play both of them each week, you're picking the, mat- the, pick and the guy that's going to score the points, right? You want to get someone that's, even though perhaps Dobbins might be waiting behind Ingram for a year. Next year, we're expecting big things from him, right? So, um, I mean, the, each their own. I just, in my terms of my strategy, I'm not willing to lock down a single backfield. Yeah, part of me actually thought he might have gone a wide receiver here because he lost um, DJ Moore. And now he's starting wide receivers at kind of Cooper Cup, Juju, and then Crowder is probably his third option. Um, maybe like a Miller or something like that. I actually probably, if I were him, almost would have taken Judy or Lamb just because of his need. Uh, he's got Jacob Sanders, Montgomery, um, carry on, I suppose, in the backfield. He might have been able to take a shot uh, at maybe moving up and getting another running back later in the draft. But, um, yeah, he's it was a shit pick because uh, it was Greg. <laughs> That's fair. Yours, any thoughts? Tough but fair. <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts, Yours? No, nah, look, he's he's got a talent. I, I I would have taken Dobbins, but um, let's not spend too much time on it, I guess. Well, it did go with the next pick. Dino, two picks in the first four picks. He took Dobbins with the one of four, and uh, yeah, look, I think this is going to be a, a play for the later rather than the sooner. Uh, maybe he'll get Taylor for this year, Dobbins for next year with Ingram still there doing his job, and you know Dobbins might come in next year when when Ingram's gone. So. More of a dynasty pick, this one. And the 104, you can't really pass it up, I think. Um, yeah. If that's what he was after, a couple I mean, of running backs. I think for me, he still gets one of the wide receivers in his next two picks, right? So mm. getting the back here sort of helps him as as well. Um, it would just be interesting. I mean, he made the right pick, in in my opinion, with the pick. It would just be interesting to see whether he can, um, he can hold him for the year or whether even circumstances... Uh, you know, I guess play out the way where we think, uh, or does something go wrong and does he get a hiccup and think, oh, maybe I need to get out of um, Dobbins while I can. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, it's easier to say than done. Like, you know it, was You drafted DJ Moore in the startup originally and, and you probably sold him for less than he's worth now um, mm-hmm. when you did. And it's tougher to hold on to guys when you're trying to make moves for um, championships or you think if you're playing it too much based on value... Um, the value at perceived value at the time. If it drops a little bit or it moves, you think I need to get get something for this guy, right? Um, I mean, I think Ding has the ability to hold him, especially now we've we've added the taxi squad. But I mean, if things don't go to plan, it's a lot easier said than done to say oh, I'll just see it out next year. Or I guess if he waits a whole year and you find out oh, a niggle injury late in the season or something, and then there's a new back or someone else takes over he doesn't get the opportunity and one of these other backs that um, Baltimore take over can you hold on to Dobbins and just put faith in the process I guess it's, it's easier said than done sometimes 
Yeah, look, his, his team need kind of dictated that he needs to go kind of two running backs at the start. He's starting running backs before this with Geis and probably Adrian Peterson. So that he was he was very, very low at running back. James White, Damian Harris and Geis were the only other running backs he had somehow. That is absolutely disastrous. How did he only have those running backs? Uh, so now he's got Taylor, um, J.K. Dobbins, and he also made a move later on for Keishon Vaughan. So he's got a bit of youth there now as well. Uh, so he definitely needs some running backs because that was a shocking situation. Um whether, you know, Magoo was sitting there thinking he was going to take a wide receiver, there was probably a bit of thought there, seeing as, uh, you know, he picks two picks later, um, and he probably could have got the same running back two picks later. But, um, yeah, anyway. I think Magoo's happy the player he took. Um, probably leaves Magoo in the position to, you know, stick with who he expected to be there. Whereas I think if uh, if Dean took one of the receivers early, what does, Mag- does Magoo... Um, he probably feels the pressure of, is, this, is there a reason... Someone he didn't take this receiver. I mean, this back. Mm. Um, do I need to take the other receiver? Or because if, mm. if he didn't, if he doesn't pick, um, if say Dean picks Judy first, or um, and the Magoo's there with Dobbins, does he think there's something wrong with Dobbins and everyone else? Or why why did Dean not take him? I was expecting to get my pick at the wide receivers, right? Or, um, but I think I, he had said on the day that he was going to pick whichever one was there for him. Yeah, but I mean. You, you say that, but when there's a running back of that value next mm. there, of course you're gonna have to think about it. Um, because if you pick the running back, he's probably Dean's probably taking the other wide receiver again at 106, and all of a sudden you didn't get a wide receiver where you, probably position of need for him. Yeah, yeah. So in the first, you know, six picks or something like that, we've got Dino picking three times and Magoo picking twice. So uh, first seven picks, so it's kind of they kind of just bounced off each other, I guess, as to who was available and then who went. Um, so Magoo went uh, went Jerry Judy as the first wide receiver off the board. Dino again picked at number number six, and he took C.D. Lamb, which is pretty standard, I think. Um, so he starts the draft with Taylor Dobbins and, and C.D. Lamb. So that's that's pretty much where you want to be. And then uh, Magoo took Cam Akers at what's this, the one oh seven. Um, yep. So that's pretty much how you start pretty much every draft. They're the seven players that usually go in the top seven. So um, I think yeah, Cam Akers back there. That's that's some decent value. I. Uh, Big fan of it, and um, I think Magoo's got a steal there sitting at, uh, at seven with care makers. Um, but in saying that, the people that went before him are obviously the same value. So, um, any fo- any other thoughts on that top seven, or we'll move into it? No, oh, I think that was pretty pretty standard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's about what you see in every draft. Uh, but then the first big move of the night happened. Mm. And Strachan, sitting there just, you know, not saying much. I was thinking, oh, geez, he's a bit quiet. And uh, now I know why. He's um, pretty much said all his uh, handcuffs. Sent all his handcuffs that he's had for many, many years. Uh, sent them away. So he sent Justin Jackson and Alexander Madison uh, for uh, for this pick, the 108. And I think that's a bloody good trade from him. Yeah, I mean, it works out much better in his favour to have uh, Jalen Rager with the 108 and to hold both of those handcuffs. Um, I mean, without the starting running backs, without handcuffing the starters, right? He's just got them He's just got the waiting for, for an injury no or opportunity. Um, although Madison probably has that is the value that um, the holdout. Uh, Max Max is traded for, right? With the holdout um, mm. and potential, or whether it's a potential of maybe the holdout says, well, if you want to play like this, when we can move on from you, like we all know, running backs, um, you know, they don't get that the love they they deserve. Um, so I think for for him, he's sort of being like. Max is trying to hedge his bets with, well, whatever happens, I've got the Vikings running back. And if, if they do split up, he's got two backs, I guess, um, potentially. But for Straz, holding on to them and hoping wasn't making his team move in the right direction, right? He was he was ho- hoping for these one of these backs to get some opportunity, but both of them probably aren't close enough to be any, anything sure enough to start in his lineup to help him win. But he gets moves them out. To the one person that would buy him and gets a good pick for it to get a you know a solid wide receiver for the future. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gets, great, great move. Oh, Go I was going to say he gets in. Um, he gets in on Jalen Rager and then he, he already had that uh, one ten from an earlier trade, so mm. he ends up with um Rager and Rugs, um at eight and ten. Obviously, um Jefferson went in between them, but um I think that's probably a really just a great move for his team because I think they're the two wide receivers in this class that you can probably really almost start right away. Like they're the two that went into a team that really needed a wide receiver to to take over the room. Whereas the other ones sort of went into, 
you know, positions where there was a good, a pretty good receiver ahead of them, and so they've got a bit of time to develop. This this gives Sam two players that he can start almost right away. And you know, have a him. good shot of being a wide receiver one almost straight away as well. Mm. So, um, in their teams at least. Um, yeah, look, he had a good good start up for this draft, Strachan, and then a good yeah. move later on in the second as well. So, um, good on him. He's made a move and he's he's bloody it's paid off for him. So. Yeah, pretty pretty happy with that um, for him. I mean, he needed a bit of work because his team was, you know, lacking a bit of depth at uh, wide receiver and youth. And he's gone and addressed it, and it hasn't cost him much. So yeah, all power to him. So good job. I suppose we'll give him a wrap there. Uh, and then, as we said, there Dino took Justin Jefferson in the middle of uh, Strachan's Rager and Rugs pick. So that's the top ten uh, done and dusted. Uh, if we do compare this to uh, Sheep's two. Uh, the only difference was that you throw in the quarterbacks in there. Obviously, it's a super flex, uh, super flex draft, and it's literally almost the same order that we just said, except you know the wide receivers were swapped around, Swift and Dobbins were swapped around, uh, and that's it. <laughs> so the quarterbacks are in there: Joe Burrow at two, two or three, and uh, Justin Herbert at what's that ten? So yeah, exactly the same, but obviously uh, super flex plays a big part. Yeah, I think it's those 13 picks in Superflex 10. That's the top 10 in um, uh, the just sort of standard leagues. Um, I think it was just a real nice spot to be sitting if you, um, especially in the Superflex like me, I had pick 12 and 13 because of the way we did our startup. And I just got to take whoever fell to the bottom of that tier. And so, Mm. yeah, I just got Ruggs and Jefferson stoked to get two good um, wide receivers out of it. Um, you don't really have to make any decisions. I think sitting at the end of that tier was a good spot to be. Yeah, if I had my time again, I'd probably swap with you and should have taken one. But look, live and learn. And, uh, you know, the more you do these, the more you learn, you, you know, I guess. But, um, yeah, got some Clyde edwards Lair at the start there. Happy with that. Um, mm. Superflex probably should have taken a Joe Burrow, but I thought I'd roll, roll with my three uh, quarterbacks for this year and see what happens, so... That's, that's my reasoning there, but uh, let's move into the second round of uh, of Sheep's one. Or Pete, do you have anything to add on the Superflex stuff? Or no, good. Yep, beautiful. So Magoo took T Higgins uh, at eleven. Um, that was his what third pick. So he has Judy Acres and Higgins. That's pretty solid haul for me, for him for for this year. Potential to be the number one in Clef- uh, Cleveland. My God, Cincinnati. So yeah, good pick. Um, Dino took Keyshawn Vaughan. At what's that? Twelve. Yep. Yep. About where you'd expect, I guess. And Dino, as I said, short on running back, so it makes sense for for that pick. Would you say anything about those two that you're worried about or want to talk about? Nah. Anyone? Bueller. I mean, T T Higgins is potentially what Pete said before. You might have to be a bit patient there, and mm. he might be a, a kind of guy late in the season that that might be a trade target where an owner's sort of got sick of him not really producing behind lots of other players and you get him before he breaks out next year yeah 100% you was with the wide receivers yet sometimes you don't know like it's harder to tell I guess with a running back sometimes you know, if they're not playing there might be there's a reason and it's a bit more obvious but sometimes with the wide receivers you can't production isn't it's not as sure to know whether it's just like they're learning it they'll be alright they'll they come along in a few years time or whether they're like you know Kevin White and then and they're no good right so it's a lot harder Sometimes for people to hold the wide receiver when they don't see, I don't know, some field time or some t- a touchdown in the season. Mm. Um, but it could just be the fact that they're getting used to the the game year one and then year two and three you might see an improvement and a, you know start to see a breakout. But uh, it's a, I think especially in this point of the draft where the wide receivers go, there's a chance to get some value later on if people, the owner's not too... Uh, confident in the decision they've made and trying to like get out of uh, some of the value they've they've used there and I think it goes it comes down to a little bit as well is that everyone kind of compares them to the the running back position as well like everyone expects running backs to come in and kind of be the, either the workhorse or pretty close to it and then you know they think oh shit hang on why is my wide receiver six seven weeks in and we still haven't seen anything from him so I think you know the comparison between the, the rookies running backs versus wide receivers um, is a little bit different in terms of when they actually produce so yeah, you do need to be a little bit patient, which you've you've said a few times now, and uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if you know this is Magoo's second wide receiver for the draft. Whether um, you know he'll either try and move him or hold him, or yeah, 
an interesting little spot. I mean, look, let's be honest. Magoo's not going to trade him. Um, Mr. You know, last minute turnaround in trades. Magoo, uh, <laughs> he's hard, it's hard for him to give up his dudes, I reckon, um, people that, especially people he's drafted. Um, so I think he's one of the people that's probably not too worried about. Especially with the taxi squad, you just kind of leave him mm-hmm. there, I think, yeah. All right, and then uh, the homer pick of the draft so far was uh, Max <laughs> taking Denzel Mims uh, from the New York Jets, but obviously a New York Jets fan, so he's obviously got a little bit of a hard on for him. <laughs> Any thoughts on that pick, or you know? I no mean, brain this him. is where it, this is where it was right though, like in terms of ADP. So, I mean, it doesn't. It's not as big of a reach as you'd think, but it was probably interesting that no one else thought about taking him and trying to uh, you know get some value off Max in a trade but I guess if it was, if Timmy was a Jets fan you would have done it right yeah exactly yeah. if it was a Seahawk <laughs> exactly if there was a Seahawk here he would have been going 101 for Timmy he would have traded everything for him so yeah uh, point off your first pick of the draft yeah I got myself some um, you know Michael Pittman Jr. shares um, I think oh I don't know how, how many leagues I play in but I feel like I own him in everything yeah um, just checking uh, Sheeps 2 I don't know whether I got him in Sheeps 2 I don't think so I don't think he did either but um, feels like yeah, I don't think around. he did either yeah oh, Kiwi right. got him yeah buddy Kiwi still in my dude buddy, Wait, Dylan I'll, I'll trade for him if you want oh you know he's listening he'll be right <laughs> on here he'll, he'll be I'll have an offer in the morning definitely <laughs> um, yeah but I'm, I'm pretty sure in, in all my legs apart from uh, the 11 by 11 IDP and Sheeps too. I have Pittman. Uh, I just like the value where he's forming. A lot of people sort of... He was probably at the end of the tier, but um, I'm happy to take him at the end of the tier there and uh, get the value of probably a potential, you know, upside of a wide receiver one in an offense that has the time to uh, allow him to mature um, behind, you know, a veteran pro in T.Y. Hilton that I guess I always think sometimes it's best to learn from those guys. Um then be thrown into a deep end in a team like, uh, say, the New York Jets, for example. There's n- who's there to to mentor mm. these guys, right? I think maybe Demarius Thomas is there, but I think he's a little bit, perhaps, we'll say it lightly, past his prime. But um, <laughs> some, no, but some of the like, I mean, if you fall in a spot where a guy's at the end of his, you know, prime years, he's still got things to show you because he can do it on the field. He's getting out there showing you. You see it live in the yeah. game, and you and you see what works. You learn things. Um, and that opportunity to learn is immense for some of these guys, and I think that's one thing that that I like about Pittman going to um, to Indy and the price he is in the draft. He's got that opportunity to hold him for the year and see, like, if he can come on. The, he's also got the opportunity to show some stuff this year. He's not going to be a you know sit it out the whole year. There's not that many other where I just like Paris Campbell is there, but he's a different sort of type of player. And we didn't see too much from Campbell last year, so we should see. Um, Pittman see some targets from Rivers so it'd be good to see um, I think you'll find out pretty quickly how he's going and a, and a good opportunity to see like a player get a good um, a footing for his career yeah that's a good call um, I like your pick here uh, kind of the right value there so yeah look. there's no reach on it right like no exactly this. exactly um, went about the same same kind of pick range as uh, Sheeps too so yeah look right on the value no reach no no kind of fall there so um, and as he said the, the T.Y. Hilton Express won't be there forever um, and yeah he's got a good chance to learn learn his craft there so it's a good pick we'll move on um, and it's exactly the same pick afterwards in both leagues and that's Brendan Ayuk to Timmy bit surprised he went Brendan Ayuk here actually I thought he might have gone to running back but um, I suppose team need was probably that question mark I think that he um Ayuk just sort of jumped up the board a little bit with that Debo Samuel injury. Mm. I think mm. you see the same kind of thing, like that opportunity for him to get a, a foot in the door real early on in his career. And he's sort of the yak master. That's what they call him. So um, It's something the 49ers love, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. And it's, it's what right. they use Debo for as well. So almost like a running back, like a lot of swing passes and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a good opportunity for him. Um early if Depot can't play week one to really um, yeah just show everyone that this is why they picked me so high 
Yeah, it's all kind of standard. Um, this kind of section of the draft, everyone kind of, you know, just takes the second, third tier kind of guys. Zach Moss goes next to Strachan. He gets a running back um, to add a bit of, I suppose, depth um, in that timeshare with Singletary in the backfield there. Uh, this was a bit of a surprise, his next pick. Uh, Joe Burrow to, to Dino. Um, what do you think about this one? Did you think it was uh, a bit out of left field? Or you think, you know, Dino needed a quarterback? Yeah, I think quarterbacks are cousins and Ryan. So, yeah, I think it's more about him setting up the team the way he wants to build it, which is obviously just for the future, not right now, because he's <laughs> traded for a million picks. Um, but he already had taken three running backs in this draft, two wide receivers, and now he has the opportunity to get the quarterback as well to go with it. So now he's got mm-hmm. sort of pretty much a starting lineup um, of, rookies, of rookies, and yeah. if if they all hit, like. His team's going to be unstoppable for ages, but you know, That's a big maybe if, they don't all hit. I yeah. yeah, I mean, for me here, this pick, um, what it screams to me is like, yeah, you can get Burrow here, but I mean, is Burrow going to be a player that's going to be worth a first in the future, or especially in a single quarterback, a player that someone's going to trade a first for, right? If you want to improve your team, um, you're probably looking at this being a value for the quarterback or what do I think um, so if he drafted one of the running backs AJ Dillon perhaps or I mean I think Dillon's the one over Gibson yeah uh, if Dillon takes over the role or becomes a the RB1 in Green Bay they get to use he's all of a sudden shot up to be worth a first right mm. so that's the that's the thing he's passed on but like you were saying yeah. if he's building for the future you can't take away that um but I mean, if he's trying to get value and and make some moves later, which it seems like he's trying to do a little bit now, um, perhaps the running back uh, had the better chance of increasing in value for my. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think at, I think at that price, two seven to get AJ Dillon was a pretty good slide for him. Uh, Benno actually picked two him eight. up next, right? Isn't that, you happy great? With that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, especially with Aaron Jones on my team, it's uh, just pretty much safeguarded that this spot a for me. View, yeah, yeah um, pretty pretty easy. I I did really you happy like when you saw Burrow go there. Yeah, I um I really like Lavisca Chanel that went two picks later, um, but yeah, I just couldn't turn down Dylan. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Pete. Um, the value growth that he could see this year is probably mm. the highest maybe in the draft um, yeah I, there's not many and that's why other... it was a bit of a surprise yeah. for me I thought for sure yeah, that... yeah, yeah really... I mean the, the way Deno had been going getting like I mean all the picks he took before were good I'm not gonna like in terms of what he got for his team yeah. but that opportunity to get another running back like I mean they're very valuable and if you want to I mean, people are tra- like trying to trade for running backs more than other players, right? And they pay... Mm. If someone's willing to pay the price, they do. But perhaps it's also the same thing that there's an oversaturation of people who are afraid to pay for running backs. So Dean might be thinking that, no, oh, who's actually going to buy AJ Dillon? Or it's so hard to trade. Like, I mean, there's probably a lot of effort to trade a running back because you just got to keep going back and forth and finding some... Some middle ground. Yeah, because the price can be too expensive and people will be like, I'll just wait, wait it out enough. Like, you can... You can get a running back with a first, but if you're going to give up two firsts or a first and a second, like you might take your chances drafting him with your first next year, perhaps. So that's probably the other flip of the coin to saying the value might increase. It might also be like Dean's like, if I get Burrow, I can play Burrow, or in the future I will. Um, but I take the risk of AJ Dillon a bit more not being great. All right, and then uh, Antonio Gibson was the next one through to Timmy. Um yeah, look, I was a little bit surprised he didn't go LaVisca. Um, Straco actually struggled to pull the, pull the trigger on LaVisca for some reason. He was questioning whether he wanted him or not. He was wondering why everyone was kind of letting him slide. So, um, Gibson to Timmy, any any comments on that one? I love this pick, I personally. Mean, this... Like, yeah, I, he's really risen up my board a bit this week. I don't know what it is that I've been hearing, but just like... They're talking about him up so much, and whenever you hear that from these sort of flashy pass-catching running backs, they they seem to get a role. And yeah, I, I think it he could. Chris Thompson's been basically an RB one in that offense before. Um, 
just catching passes. So there's a big opportunity for him as well. I mean, he's the next CMC apparently, so that's uh, that's a big comp. I mean, at the two nine, um, you couldn't really pass it up, I guess. And he was kind of like the last running back that you could see going in and being the one, I guess. If Geis is down, um, Peterson's kind of ancient, so you can kind of see it happening. He wouldn't be in the timeshare if Geis is still injured. So see what happens there. Um, yeah, I agree. I like it as a as a pick. Uh, Visca at the end of the second round for Straco. Uh, once again, ten ten league, so you've got to expect that a little bit. Um, yeah, for some reason he was like, oh, do I take him, do I take him? I'm like, yes, you take him. It's great value here at 210. Um, Jacksonville don't have, you know, studs at wide receiver. They've kind of got, you know, little bits and pieces. I suppose DJ Shark could be a stud, I guess, if he do, do, goes do, off do, what do, he had do. last year. But, yeah, that's it. Um, so that's the first two rounds done and dusted. Um, a couple of the guys in the second round of Sheeps 2 kind of fell into the third for uh, for Sheeps 1. Um, so, yeah, let's let's keep rolling through. Wizman had two picks in the third round. He took Van Jefferson and KJ Hamler. Both terrible picks, just because they were Greg. Um, and then they were sandwiched, sandwiching, I suppose, two of you. You was taking a shot yeah. at the quarterback. Yeah, look, um, I pretty heavily need a quarterback if Baker doesn't work out. And yeah, I guess I think Tua has this huge upside to be a, a great player in the league. I think the tier of good players um, sort of ended pretty much at Dylan Gibson. So, yeah, for me, it was pretty easy to take it, and then I got to change my name to I'm <laughs> too sexy for my shirt, so that was just an added bonus. <laughs> did you do that? Because I missed that, actually. Yeah, I did. I, that's my it's team been done. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> I like it a lot. Peter, roll um, through uh, Timmy's picks there. Um, you mean when we go through Greg's pick at the moment, um, of Van Jefferson? That's what one I mean. thing. Well, one thing about this pick that um, sort of stands out to me a little bit is, does Greg have the patience to wait on Van Jefferson? Right, Chris, he's the one that Ooh, yeah. reeks of, you know, sitting out, um, not spending a lot of game time year one with Woods, Reynolds, Cup, all in that offense. Uh, I mean, to pick him here, you've got to have some balls to to hold that a bit. I think. Um, the only other picks I would have thought might have been interesting for Greek here were the, were the three running backs that actually went after. He's the second pick of Hamler, which was Darrington Evans to Moz. Uh, Max took Anthony McFarlane, and then my pick with uh, Joshua Kelly. I think, in my head, I thought one of those two, one of those three were probably going to go before I had a pick, and two of them did, but I felt like there was some more value in them, and the wide receiver would probably be able to come a bit later, but I think Van Jefferson definitely has that opportunity year two to really, I mean, fall into a really good position. Um, and it probably suits the same thing, like I said, with uh, Pittman a bit, and then he has to learn from, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. It's a good wide receiver core there to learn from. And now he's just got to, I mean, Greg's not the, the person that you look at and say, does he have uh, the faith to hold on for a bit longer, or does he think there's some chance to sell value? But to me, I think um, it's probably a good pick, but the person that made it, it'll be interesting to see how they hold <laughs> on to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's um, He really needs an injury to be impactful this year, I think. So it's going to be yeah, interesting to see what happens to people who have drafted Van Jefferson and whether they've, they've got the patience to let it happen. Because I think he, he does have exactly what, the ram sort of value he's a good route runner he can be the hard target guy he doesn't need to be sort of a a big play kind of guy he can just catch a lot of passes and get a lot of yards efficiently so it's just a matter of him getting himself that role over with cup and woods already pretty well ingrained there and i suppose the same thing said for kj hamler as well i mean he's gonna have to wait and see so you know he's kind of stuck behind a couple of guys there so whether it can be the third target, like, you know, the Deshaun Hamilton dreams that I used to have um, <laughs> and, and kind of command that or command, I suppose, that under underneath kind of stuff. And then uh, you let kind of Judy and um, Sutton kind of be the outside guys maybe. But, of course, Judy's going to be kind of in that slot as well. So, yeah, he's yeah. going to need to be patient. And, yeah, Greg's definitely not known for his patience. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's probably going to be knocking on the door with trade offers for those two because he's, you know three games in and they haven't done anything so it's like nah stuff them 
this year. You know? Well, I actually think KJ Hamler does have the chance to just sort of have one of those blow-up games that makes him worth three first to Greg. So, um, <laughs> yeah, because he's got a bit of speed, a bit more explosiveness to him. Uh, I could see him sort of, you know, everyone's focusing on everyone else and he comes in in sort of a player that they've specifically scripted just for him and they run it and he scores a touchdown 65 yards or something and and then every time Greg goes to, you know, or whoever owns him goes to trade him, they're like, oh, but he had that, you know, 16-point game in his second <laughs> week or something. Maybe he, he will pan three, out. Three, and, three, three, three. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be yeah. that the Kenny Stills kind of player is, is who he could end up being where he's he's really, really kind of good, thing. but then he's useless. And if you get his week, great, but it's pretty hard to do. All right, and then we'll move into the next three picks. We've got Darrington Evans, Anthony McFarlane, and Josh Kelly. As Pete said before, the three running backs. Um, I had my first pick of the draft here with Darrington Evans, and I was a little bit nervous because I was like, how do I do this again? Um, and yeah, <laughs> so look, I think the value there for me, Darrington Evans, you know, um, whether they want to pay um, Derrick Henry the money next year after he's come off this, um, what do you call the franchise tag? And maybe Darren Evans could be the guy. Who knows? But uh, I think, you know, in terms of his week-to-week value, it's not going to be huge, but he's going to be spelling Henry a couple of times here or there. If Henry goes down with another injury, then there's plenty of opportunity there. No one really behind him um, anymore, I suppose. Yeah, I think uh, it's sort of um, the same for all three of these picks, particularly yeah, McFarland. Yeah. Like, you know, are they going to play pay Connor any money? Or is he mm. going to accept a team friendly deal? Um, yeah, and are these guys going to sort of step in? I think typically that's not a particularly successful um, strategy in sort of a, a rookie draft. It, it, I would say, probably doesn't pay off more often than it does. But um, every if you get the right one, then you're laughing. So. Yeah, good picks for all three of these guys. Yeah, it's um, definitely the right value. Um, Pete, you got Josh Kelly here. Happy with that one? Yeah, I was pretty happy for him to fall to me there. I didn't expect it going into the day. I mean, yours is probably right. Like he could, t- it's a flip of a coin. He could turn out to have some have some volume or um, opportunity. Um, I'm not too sold that I think. Was it Justin Jackson? Is you know the next running back to support Austin Eckler there and I I think it probably gives him he's in a position to have some opportunity mm. to see touches he won and not necessarily require an injury um, and like I get to I can ride him for a year see if he makes anything on that um that opportunity like if he comes out and all of a sudden I mean we look at what's his name um, say David Johnson in his rookie year he was a bit of a mid-round pick and all of a sudden he made a name for himself during the year and all of a sudden that's how he became a player he wasn't there um like if he takes the opportunity given to him he won we we it could just turn around to be like wait this guy was like a an R, now an rb1 in the league like um potentially so i mean that's the upside you take there with passing on someone like a potentially like you know chase claypool he went next brian edwards quintez cephas um you probably have a you know they probably you guys might work into a better role in the future, but I think um, for me, depth of running back um, and the opportunity, like, I didn't need the wide receiver as much, so I took the shot at maybe this guy gives yeah. me, you know, a dart throw, perhaps, at the, at the worst-case scenario, and I'm not going to get that later, so I'll take that here. And um, Yeah, that was my thought as well. My depth at running back's pretty shiitake mushroom. Um, well, so at least preparing for the future, right? Take a like shot, yeah, exactly, yep. I think that's probably um, and, true of all these kind of wide receivers is like you get these like, oh yeah, I love this guy. I love this guy. He's, he's got a shot. He's got a shot. But like maybe their shot in two years is to become someone like Kenny Stills or just on my mind at the moment for some reason. But like you can pick yeah, those mate, guys up off the, off the waiver wire in a league like this. Um, for these rookies, you got to hold them for so long at, Quite often, it's probably just not going to work out for you if you're picking a, a wide receiver in the fourth round. Um, yeah. What I've learned from this episode is you've got a bit of a hard on for Kenny Stills at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> on the so, brain, eh? <laughs> he's just the only player I can think of that could be on the uh, the waiver wire, but it's also useful week to week. <laughs> 
All right, so Wizman uh, took his third wide receiver of this round. He took Chase Claypool. Um, yeah, not a bad spot here for, for him, I think. Um, a lot of competition in the wide receiver room in Pittsburgh. Um, here you go, you've got Juju, you've got Deontay Johnson, you've got James Washington that are still, um, you know, going to be relevant. And then Chase Bla- Claypool gets added to the mix. So, you know, um, whether there's too much in the way, who knows? But obviously he's going to get some some stuff here or there. Um, new rookie wide receiver, so you got to see what you got from him. Um, I took Quintez Cephas here at, uh, what picks this? 28. Um, and then 308, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, pick something. Uh, and then Paul took Brian Edwards, and then uh, Pete, you got Pete. Devin Dubonator to clean up that round. Funny note was Paul didn't even know who Brian Edwards was. He's like asking people, who, like he didn't ask people who should he pick, but who is this guy? He yeah. Was, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, I was probably happy with Duvernay there. I mean, <laughs> much of a muchness between the other guys I could have picked. Tossed up another running back, but I thought, um, I thought probably the later stage of it, I'd, I'd go with another wide receiver just to see how potentially the upside of him being something with Lamar Miller was uh, the reasoning there. Um, yeah, I think Miller. you'll find out quick with him. Lamar Jackson. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Lamar Miller's going to... Lamar Miller to the Ravens. <laughs> there you go. You heard of you first. <laughs> I think you'll find out quick with uh, Chase Claypool and Devin Duvernay sort of... They're going to come in and if they sort of flash, you'll know that they're going to be something and if they don't, then you only spend a fourth so you can probably sort of you can leave them on your taxi for a bit or you can move on and see if anyone wants them or just even drop them for someone that does flash that didn't get drafted because there'll be those players too. And in terms of what's in front of him, it's like it's, it's Marquise Brown, it's Miles Boykin, it's probably Willie Sneed. I mean, he could probably take two of their spots pretty easily. Um, yeah, my Quintez Cephas pick here, um, he was the guy that I wanted this entire time. Um, whether he was going to be there at you know, the late fourth round, probably. But I just wanted to make sure I got him and it's a third round pick. Um, so really, who cares? Um, but yeah, he was the guy I wanted from the start. And I think I mentioned before the draft that he was one I was going to be looking at. And then he had a really shit combine. Uh, but then his pro day, he kind of made up for himself. Um, I think just a depth piece for the, the uh, Lions. And there's a couple of my analysts that I like to listen to about some draft kind of guys and yeah he had a bit of a rap from probably the guy that I'm I, I listen to the most in terms of who I go for in these late rounds of drafts so that's why I've Andy gone Holloway. him there. not Andy Holloway no I don't even know if he's mentioned Quintus Sivas but yeah I like this guy so we'll see how it goes uh, and then final round yeah maybe just read through this final round yeah because uh, who really cares running, running if anyone stands out to you guys feel free to yell out but Isaiah Hodges um Went to Timmy. He had back-to-back picks. He also took Tyler Johnson. Uh, Paul took Eno Benjamin here. Wiz, a.k.a. Wizman92. Uh, I think we, we know him as Greg. Uh, he took the only tight end of the draft with Adam Troutman. Um, and then he had the next pick, took DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas. And then I had back-to-back picks. Lynn Bowden Jr., Isaiah Coulter, uh, Justin Herbert went off the board as well here. And then Strachan, Michael Pirine, and I took Quez Watkins as Mr. Irrelevant. So. Sorry, wasn't it Andrew yeah. Wel- Wellock as the last pick there? Oh, yeah, good one. <laughs> Jerk offs. Couldn't even go to the bathroom in peace. <laughs> Classic stitch up. Classic stitch up. Came back and everyone's looking at me. I was like, oh, what's happened? And I look at my phone. Oh, God. Lucky I was still in there. Quez Watkins, last pick of the draft. Two years in a row with the mystery irrelevant. See if yeah, I can we'll trade him away or something. Yeah, see how he goes. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I don't have any listener questions to to bring out. Oh, that's no. a shame. Yeah. No news from Greg. Good. No, yeah, Nothing. No. no. I mean, we did we did his um your live interview of him on the Instagram. Um, yeah, go check that out. Tight end of the draft. It was pretty pretty good because um that was the one pick there that I thought of. Oh, tight end, interesting. Um, <laughs> thought maybe. I mean, I mean. Yeah, nothing against it, but I thought probably you could pick your tight ends up in uh... waivers. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> I was actually going to pick him with uh, Mister Irrelevant, to be honest, because I thought, oh, we've got to have one tight end because I love a tight end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've got to got to take one. I was going to take him at uh, the four ten, but uh, Wizman beat me to it. And you know what? Stuff him. He's ruined my plans, and that's why I don't like him. And that's why all of his picks in this draft were absolutely shit house. Yep, I uh, look forward to you getting a lot of Troutman uh, trade offers from Greg later on tonight. That'll be good. Yeah, he'll be trying to get some bloody 
Kamara, Kamara, CMZ off off me with Adam Drowman. So, Greg, I don't want him. You send me an offer for Adam Drowman. I'll send you all of your team for, I don't know, where's Watkins? <laughs> See how you like it. So, yeah, look, it was great fun. Um, a lot quicker this draft than, than last year because, uh, you know, Greg didn't have the first three picks and wasn't trying to trade every single thing. So, yeah, it was good day. Good to see everyone again. Always good fun. Any other comments here, boys? No. No? Pretty cruisy episode. Job done. Yup. Yup. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. We'll see you next week. Follow us on the socials. Um, hit us up with any questions you want us to answer. Um, we'll get into some uh, more uh, un-league-related stuff next week. Um, go a bit deeper into some, some analysis and try and get you all ready for the, the upcoming season, especially if uh, we're playing against you. We're going to throw a few things in there that you don't like. Try and confuse you. But, um, yeah, look, always a pleasure. Pete, goodbye. He's muted himself. He's done. And uh, you will see you later. Yep, see you, mate. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye, Pete. Oh, we're yeah. gonna have to... See, oh, I'm gonna... oh, he's back, damn it. <laughs> we're going to have to do a thing with Moz next week, teaching him how to close the episode off and just press stop instead of... I have to, I have to um, tell everyone about the socials, and we actually need to say goodbye. On for...